0: You're listening to The Diehards on the Sports
1: Map Radio Network.
0: Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Home loans that fit your life. Rocket can.
1: Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Anthony Pepe and basketball insiders Bobby Kravitsky. You're listening to The Diehards on the Sports Map Radio Network. Bobby Kravitsky on the mic. Jack McGraw producing the show back in Houston. Now let's get out to the Progressive guest line. Progressive making it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. I'm excited to welcome on, for the first time, Dave Schofield. He is an editor of Behind the Steel Curtain for SB Nation, covering the Pittsburgh Steelers. Dave, thanks for taking the time to join us tonight.
0: Hey, thanks for having me on. It's great to be here.
1: Absolutely. We're excited to have you. I want to start right off the bat. Your takeaway from watching Big Ben through the first three weeks is what?
0: Boy, <laughs> double joy. Um yeah, it's it's really tough to watch. There's so much with this Pittsburgh Steelers team and the offense, particularly, that you're just trying to pinpoint. You know, is this the problem? Is that the problem? Is it Ben Roethlisberger? Is it the offensive line? Is it the running game? Is it the is it the play calling? All these things there. And they're, they're kind of all intertwined. But Ben Roethlisberger has not been doing himself any favors um, with um, with the fan base that really believed in him coming back for the season.
1: Yeah, it's been tough to watch so far. Hopefully he's able to pick it up. We shall see. Meanwhile, running back, what's your assessment of how Najee Harris has played to start his NFL career?
0: Oh, Najee Harris, he's he's dynamic. He He's not an issue. Um, a lot of people are like, well, but he hasn't really had that big bust out game or anything. Yeah, but even though he's playing uh, overwhelmingly majority of the snaps, like almost he played every snap in week one. He's only been missing a couple snaps since you know getting the carry, He's still only getting 14 rushing attempts at most per game. He hasn't hit 15 rushing attempts, um, and of course, he's had a lot of nice runs called back on penalties. But he has actually there's – there's a stat out there. I'm, I'm kind of a stats guy and love to collect these things, But and sometimes I just get them from other people. He has been hit for at the line of scrimmage or behind on 70% of his carries. Wow. So far in his NFL career, which is – I mean, you've got to think about that, how crazy that is. But he has gained positive yards on 80% of his carries. So that means even if you're saying – You know, worst case there, that 50% of his carries, he's getting hit at the line of scrimmage or behind, and he's still managing to get some yards. He's really fun to watch. He still needs to, you know, maybe get a little bit more focused with the receiving in the the passing game make sure, you know, Week one it was tough because he, he had a couple throws that weren't really catchable, but he did have some drops this past week. But, man, they were really, really using him in, in that role. And just getting him in space is going to be helpful. I mean, it doesn't matter if he's taking a handoff or just catching the ball out of the backfield. Just getting him the ball is important.
1: Yeah, Dave, let me know if you disagree with me. But the whole point in taking a running back in Harris in particular in the first round was to help Ben Roethlisberger age somewhat gracefully through the course of the season we saw what happened at the end of the campaign last year and so i do think that moving forward he's going to start to get more than just 14 carries
0: oh yeah that would be great but it's funny because once again the Steelers are at the bottom of the league and rushing which is where they finished last year which is kind of crazy because they started off the first five weeks in the top five of the nfl the first three weeks of 2020, they were the only team to have a hundred-yard rusher each week of the season, and then it just fell apart. But the problem with the Steelers running the ball isn't really as much the running game as it is the passing game. That the teams are constantly putting plus one in the box; they're putting one more defender in the box to let the Steelers to have blockers and are basically daring Ben Roethlisberger to beat them. And until he does that, it's not going to open up the the running game because, you know, a lot of teams are like, well, you got to run the ball to set up the pass. The Steelers, based on the way defenses are playing them, they're going to have to pass the ball in order to set up the run.
1: Yeah, That's a great point. And then looking up front, the Steelers' offensive line underwent a dramatic makeover in the offseason that included bringing in Trey Turner from the Chargers and drafting center Kendrick Green in the third round. How has the new-look front five performed through three games this season, in your opinion?
0: Um, overall, I would still say not very well. But even in week three, they didn't play that great, but they played much better than they had before. They they are improving. They are a work in progress. The only player that was returning that started for the Steelers last year was Chooksakorafor, and he's out in week four with a concussion. And he was going to move the left tackle that had to move back to right based on everything else. And it's just a lot of these players, they just need some time, but they also don't have the time, if you know what I'm saying. I mean, they're starting two rookies. They have a rookie left tackle, fourth-round pick Dan Moore Jr. out of Texas A&M. It's just it was one of those wild cards going into the season that everyone – in this part of Steelers nation knew that the offensive line was a big question mark. When will they bring it together? Can they bring it together? But they didn't have the best offensive line play last year. And a lot of people felt, well, it can't be worse. Well, <laughs> it. I would say so far in in 2021, you definitely can't say it's better, but there's actually hope for the future because rather than having a bunch of players that are more on the downside of their career, they have a lot of young guys, you know, trying, trying to bring them together. Turner's trying to get back to his pro bowl form that he had several seasons ago. And it's just kind of just is one of those things that you're saying, if it ever just clicks, then, maybe this offense can get rolling.
1: And what an impact that would make. Growth isn't always linear, but this new group, hopefully at least, they start to coalesce and come together and play better as the season rolls on. Meanwhile, at wide receiver, Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Deontay Johnson have all spent time on the injury report this week. What's the latest on the Steelers' banged-up wide receivers?
0: All right, well, Juju Smith-Schuster followed the correct progression. You want to see somebody do... Throughout the week, although he didn't practice on Wednesday, he went limited Thursday, full participant Friday. He does not have an injury status. Deontay Johnson, he was back this week practicing. I'm pretty sure he started off limited on Wednesday, but the last two days, he was a full participant. He doesn't have an injury status. Chase Claypool, that's the one that's concerning because that injury popped up during practice on Thursday. Because, you know, anytime you see someone who wasn't there before and then all of a sudden they're limited, you don't know. Oh, was it short when they got there and couldn't do everything? Or they started off practice and got hurt and couldn't do anything from that point on. And he did not practice on Friday. He's questionable for Sunday. Um, Normally, you know, when the Steelers have players that are questionable, I'm really hopeful that they're going to play. I just have a feeling that, that Claypool might be on the sidelines for this
1: one. Yeah, with a hamstring, we don't know the extent of it just yet, but if it's risky, don't roll the dice. Way too important to yeah. what this team's trying to accomplish this season, and you've, of course, got to protect your players. Let's move over to tight end. Eric Ebron has more drops than catches this season. Pat Fryermuth is clearly tight end number one on this team, but given that Zach Gentry's the best blocker for the Steelers at that position, is it time for him to start eating into Ebron's snaps?
0: Yeah, it, it all depends on what you want to do, but at the same time, you can't do the problem that the Steelers have been having for the last several seasons, and that is telegraph what you're going to do based on your personnel before you even break the huddle. And that, that the Steelers had a bad tendency to do that, starting in—I mean, it really start, started to become apparent in 2019. But Zach Gentry is a is a player that that is going to get more snaps. It's not that he's only going to be out there, you know, three or four snaps and oh when he comes in you can expect that they're going to do a certain thing. That's gonna be the key with him. And uh offensive coordinator Matt Canada likes to roll out the tight end. He likes to he likes to have two tight end sets and things like that. So I could see gentry you know, being a little bit more useful in there. Um, you know, almost like as an HVAC position as well as, as they're trying to get Derek Watt a little bit more involved in that as well. But but using some of those you know fullback, tight end type of players, um, more for the blocking. But uh, it's Pat, Pat Ferrer, that's the future of the position for the Steelers.
1: Yeah, that much is clear. And not that motivation or lack of it is a reason that Ebron's dropping passes, but maybe if his snap count starts to diminish, we see him respond in a favorable manner. We shall see how Pittsburgh yeah. moves forward on that front. Meanwhile, this offense ranks 24th in first downs. Is their inability to stay on the field taking a toll on their defense?
0: Oh, absolutely. That was a big issue in 2020 down the stretch. Uh, it, It was definitely an issue the first two weeks of the season, even though they went into Buffalo, we got the win there. Believe it or not, this past week, it wasn't as much because the Steelers actually led the time of possession by almost 11 minutes uh, against the Bengals and that's one of the things that has really been concerning and that they haven't been able to do. but then again if, if, if the offense is going to be out there an awful lot, you kind of need to generate some points along with that because you know the Steelers scored 10 points it's a, that's a, the least amount of points that they have scored. Where Ben Roethlisberger was the quarterback since week one of 2019 when they opened in New England, so it's they, they've got to stay on the field. They've got to get those first downs. The Steelers have not scored an offensive point in the first quarter in 11 straight games. Oh
1: my goodness! They,
0: early in the game, they are constantly you know three and outs, maybe get a couple first downs, punt, 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 or turnover. Um, the only the only score they have in there that that Um, since they actually faced the Bengals at Heinz Field in 2020 in Week 10 was that they had a a defensive touchdown by Joe Hayden against Baltimore in that game that got played on a Wednesday afternoon. Um, But other than that, they have not been able to get any kind of points in the first quarter, which right there really is killing your defense, not just from keeping them off the field, but they're constantly having to do everything they can just to keep their offense in the game early on.
1: I knew that they were having problems scoring the first quarter. I didn't realize 11 straight games like that. That is a glaring concern that needs to be rectified immediately. After missing the game against the Bengals, it seems like TJ Watt will play Sunday against the Packers. Do you expect him to be on a pitch count or do you think he'll get his normal workload?
0: Honestly, I think he's going to be closer to his workload. If anyone's going to be more on account, it's probably going to be Alex Highsmith, the other out starting outside linebacker, who was also out last week with a groin injury. Don't don't know what's going on with the water in Pittsburgh and all these groin injuries, <laughs> but or, but something's happened there. But uh, with both their starting outside linebackers out last week, Melvin Ingram stepped up and played a hundred percent of the snaps, which and which was not what he was brought to Pittsburgh to do, but he filled in admirably trying to do that. But I think if anyone sees a reduction, it would possibly be Highsmith. I think what he, he was really close to being fine to go last week. And they made the decision to say, Hey, we don't want to risk this for the whole season. Let's get you back and going. Had a great week of practice. I think he's ready to go. Maybe somewhat reduced, but if, if anything, it's going to be because Ingram um, takes, takes a little bit more of those snaps.
1: Two Septembers ago, the Steelers took a big swing, bringing in Minka Fitzpatrick. It's presumably Big Ben's last season, and the defense is capable of playing at an elite level. Could you see them doing something similar this year?
0: Well, trust me, Steelers Nation would love to see that. I just, those kind of situations don't fall in your lap all the time. I mean, the fact that the Steelers, it was someone that they highly coveted coming out of of college in the draft. They had met with him. They knew they didn't have a chance to get him, but they really liked him. And when that opportunity came up, they, they snagged it. The right opportunity would have to be there somewhere for the Steelers to do that. I would not put that past them. They don't have a lot of draft capital coming up because they've traded away a lot of their later-round picks. But they, I, this could be, if the right right situation presents itself, that that's what they would do, that they would pull the trigger on that. But the the odds of that happening again, um, I would put it less than 50%.
1: Dave, we've got a minute left here. What is your prediction for Sunday's game against the Packers?
0: Well, I've I've been completely wrong against picking for the Steelers so far this year because I picked them not to be ready to have it all together. I think that tells you what direction you need to go in for this one. Yeah. So then then I picked them the next two games, and that had to work. So actually, I'm I'm going that I think the Steelers can can keep it within a score – but it's a really tall task to go in there and and beat the Packers in Lambeau. The Packers aren't they are as infallible as some people believe they are. But at the same time, they are trending in the right direction. The Steelers would have to have a complete turnaround game and have everything go right for them to pull off the win. I'm not saying that they can't. I'm just saying if I had to place a wager on it, um, I would be going in the other direction.
1: Dave, you've been so generous with your time. I want to give you the floor now to plug and promote any articles, the website, and any social media handles that you want to tell the listeners about.
0: Oh, sure. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's uh, behindthesteelturden. dot That's the website. We we say we are uh, a, your one stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, we don't. We're not naive and think that you're not going to look other places to get stuff for Steelers. But you could get everything you wanted to right there. We've got a a big podcast platform where we've got um, multiple shows coming out uh, every day. You could just search for it, like if you go to Apple Podcasts and look for uh, um, Behind the Steel Curtain or just the Steelers, you'll find us. And, of course, my my Twitter handle is STLRSuperFanDash. Appreciate it,
1: Dave. Unfortunately, we got to go to break, but it was a pleasure having you on. We'll tweet... That does it here for the diehards on the Sports Map Radio Network. I'm Bobby Kravitsky. Jack McGraw running the controls back in Houston, keeping the trains on the tracks tonight. As always, thank you for listening. We always appreciate it. We hope that you have a fantastic weekend. And I leave you with an upset special. I think the Arizona Cardinals beat the LA Rams by a field goal 34-31. Thank you once again. This was the
0: diehards on the Sports Map Radio Network.